0: The following resource is by CBC Mokopani. For more resources like this, check out our website at www.ChristBaptistMokopani.com. It's good to be here today and to share the word of God. This is a word that has sort of resonated with me. It's caused me to feel guilty. It's caused me to, to be angry it's had all kinds of reactions in my heart this word that I bring to you today and um, last night I was watching a movie and it was back in the old apartheid days of the early 80s, the late 70s, the early 80s and it was called Abraham and it was about this colored guy that was, despite his circumstances, he was a very happy guy and he would dance. And he had this way of that they, they danced as coloreds back in the day and we don't know whether they still do it. But it was beautiful to watch him make do this dance. Regardless of the circumstances, he would dance. But as the story went, he was, sort of had an artistic streak in him and he made cement figures of animals and he had this um, he worked, lived on this farm that this guy owned and he would try and sell him these figures for hardly anything and eventually this guy kind of like switched on tried to help him and bought him a book of animals, said this is how animals really look and this book can set you free But there were people in the community that didn't want to see him free. Even his own wife, she tore up the book. And it's such a sad story. And eventually he jumped in front of a truck. Because he wanted to be free. But nobody wanted him to really be free. And I sat there after the movie... Feeling extremely moved. I woke up this morning thinking about that movie, still moved. And I think that's the reaction that God wants us to have towards His Word. Is that when we hear the Word of God, that it would move us. That it would touch us. Because it's so easy to walk out the door and forget what the preacher has just said to you. It's so easy to forget what God requires of us. Tom, um, um, Lucas has been speaking on Friday nights about respectable sins. And this past few weeks I have been so frustrated. I have been climbing the wall. You know when your gut kind of like inside you and you want to just, and just like everything's been going wrong. And, and Lucas spoke about three things that I'd lost perspective on. The one was frustration. And what frustration does to you it makes you lose focus on God and it actually says that God is not able in your present circumstances to help you because you start looking for other solutions the other thing was ungratefulness I'm busy building at the land and there's money to build there's workers to, to help and, I'm, and I was so ungrateful that I have to do this job of building I I don't know, do you ever get like that? Ungrateful Christians, I get like that, and and then the last one was just discontent. I was discontented with my life, and Lucas brought this word and was like God hit me between the eyes with a hammer, and I really thank God for that, you know? and I just repented and the peace and the joy and the and the contentment and the gratefulness for everything that's taking place suddenly flooded back you know, because it was causing me to be unpleasant to my wife and that's not right, so I'm just telling you I'm not this perfect person But I love God and when His word comes to me, sometimes in strong conviction, we need to repent. Amen. Because it's for our benefit. And so I encourage you to listen to that. Um, But today I'm talking about the Good Samaritan. Now I've heard this, politicians have used it, liberation theologists, people have used it. I was even going to use it in my church one day, back in Clagstorpe, way back in the day, because it was an all-white congregation, and a lot of the people were still racists. So I was going to talk about the Good Samaritan. My pastor said, you will not speak on this today. So I said, okay. I said, but you must speak about it. Because your congregation is not right in this area with God. And thank God He did. So it's a powerful, powerful passage to speak into our lives as people. And, um, and it's caused great conviction in my life. Now you must understand, my brother... Hello? This one. Okay, this thing just died. Okay, there we go. My brother, Christo, God bless his soul, he, I believe he made it to heaven. But he was what we call a boomerang. And if there's one thing that I can't stand, is a drunk and a boomerang, a bum a person that just slouches on the street or a person that doesn't keep a job blames everybody else for what's going on in their lives and it brought shame to our family um it dishonored us as a family that's what I felt internally and I couldn't stand him and eventually I came to grips with it and I had to forgive him, even at his funeral. I stood up and I spoke out my issue with my brother. But there are certain things in our lives, and I think when we look at the poor, the poor are almost like a millstone around our necks because it demands something of us which we are not always willing to give but let me read this passage on the Good Samaritan and the way that the Lord has uh, uh, ministered to me in this area and and the funny thing is that a lawyer, a teacher of the law, came to Jesus and he spoke to him. And the context of this whole thing is eternal life. He wanted to know how to inherit eternal life. So in verse uh, Luke 10 verse 25 he says, And behold, a lawyer stood up and tested him, saying... So he had the cheek to test Jesus. And he said, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And so Jesus answered him with a question. Because Jesus knew that he already understood and knew the answer. And he wanted to make it clear to him. And often when we come to God with the truth, that truth is already clear to us. But we don't always want to apply it in the way that God would require us to uh, uh, apply it. And he says, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind and your neighbor. As yourself. And he said to him, you have answered rightly, do this and you will live. But here comes the crux and I remember talking to um, someone who had been preaching in a certain uh, denomination and they were talking about this issue and this pastor's wife, you could call it, asked him and said, well, who is my neighbor? You ever ask yourself that question, who is my neighbor? Who must I love? Who must I care for? And so, this guy had the dilemma, but he wanting to justify himself. Why? Why would he want to justify himself? Because there was prejudice in his heart. There was something in his heart that kept him from fulfilling the royal law. Do unto others as you would want others to do unto yourself. Are you with me? So think about that. And he said, who is my neighbor? And so Jesus uses a story tells a story of a man that was travelling between Jerusalem and Jericho and some thieves set upon him beat him up and left him half dead and lying on the roadside you ever see people like that in life <laughs> i've seen this. Now by chance a priest came down that road, a priest, a priest is somebody who stood in between God and man, as an intercessor, as somebody who talked to God about us, about people. Amen. And often we have that priestly role because we are continually praying for people. And yet this guy when he saw this guy lying next to the road he just walked on by he didn't give it a second thought you know I remember years ago an uncle of mine took me to see one of the students uh, during our holiday time while we were in youth with the mission and it was at night and he took me to see this uh, a student because she wanted advice because she had met someone and they were going thinking they were going to be married so she wanted to know what i thought about this guy so she invited me over so I, on the way there was this terrible taxi accident and i said to my uncle stop we need to help I said no we don't want to help i said stop the car And he stopped the car, got out, started helping, and then the emergency people came over and took over and so so on like that. So while they were busy doing proper help, I guess, I was praying for people and talking to them and so on and so on. But the thing is, when we see something that, that causes us inconvenience, you see... They were traveling down the road. They had a destination that they were going to. They were busy with life. So obviously this priest had an appointment either in Jericho or Jerusalem. And he was on his way and he didn't want to be stopped. And yet when we read about Jesus in the Gospels, if you read carefully... He would be traveling somewhere and somebody would stop him and talk to him and ask for a need to be met, to be prayed for or something. You know? There's this book called um, by a guy called Charles Sheldon and it's a book called like Jesus, and, it went, and the whole book was on the principle of what would Jesus do in a given situation. And this pastor in this book wrote the story um, or, or spoke to his congregation and he spoke to them and he said, We as a congregation for the next year commit ourselves to asking God in every situation what would Jesus have done in this situation and so four of the most affluent people in this church committed themselves to doing whatever it was that God wanted them to do and before when confronted with any situation, they would pray and say, God, how do you want me to be involved? What do you want me to do? What would Jesus have done in this situation? And they not only transformed the church, but it transformed the town. Are you with me? Now, one of the things that I notice and hear a lot when there's a catastrophe, whether it's outside the country, or whether it's inside the country, is that there's this Muslim group called Gift of the Givers. Have you seen the advert on TV? Have you seen them on the news? Well, they're always getting press because of their good deeds, because of the things that they are doing. Are you with me? And yet I look and I search the news and I don't find Christians doing anything. You never hear anything about Christians doing stuff anymore. And back in the day, Christians used to have schools. They used to run hospitals. They used to run these medical mission stations. And these things are dying. Because we don't want to be involved in those things anymore. Some preachers say that when we do these things, we're just making... Earth a better place to go to hell from. That's terrible. That is really terrible. That shows a lack of care for people. And I used to say that. Oh, you guys are just making the Earth a better place to go to hell from. But in the sharing of the Gospel, we can help people. And it opens the hearts of people here, anyway let's continue with our story so the thing that intrigues me is that this this teacher of the law quoted the great commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart so what would be the greatest sin is not to do that right right The greatest sin is not to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, and not to love your neighbor as yourself. That's the greatest sin. Because when we do love God, and when we do love our neighbor, who gets the glory? God does. Are you with me? So God is looking for compassionate people. Now it's strange that in the story that likewise a Levite also a man of God was walking by and he arrived at the place came and looked nochal. he looked he stopped and he checked it out Ooh, what's happening here but he didn't care he just continued down the road because he was busy with life he wasn't willing to be interrupted by the sorrows and the difficulty of other people are you with me? so this is a very challenging thing I remember on numerous occasions I've, I've received news and phone calls from Zambia saying come and help the floods have devastated the flocks. I mean the, 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 um, the crops. You can ask Jenny and I go, Oh no. Man, this is going to cause me some, some effort. You know? Because now I have to find out exactly what the problem is. I have to contact people. I have to raise funds. We have to come up with a plan. We have to do all of these things. It takes effort. It's an inconvenience to us whenever we stop to help somebody. And yet I believe that God wants us to be interrupted in this life so that we can be a blessing to other people. Are you with me? Hey Amen. We've got this beggar that comes to my gate. So now, I'm, today's a day of confession for me. And, so they would come initially when I saw them on the street and I I brought them my spare food and I gave them meal and whatever else there was and they went away happy and I felt happy but they kept coming back after I told them that it's finished and not only did they come back but they tried to shame me into giving by shouting Hey! Boss! We're hungry! Help us! you will know me mean? shouting like the whole neighborhood could hear. And, and man, I was getting so embarrassed. That Eventually I walked up to the gate and I looked through the gate. I said, listen, you're embarrassing me now. I said, you better quit. So they looked at me and they stopped. You know? But... I don't need to be embarrassed into helping somebody. Do you know what I mean? I don't need to be manipulated into helping somebody. I'm willing to help them, but when they carry on like that, it's it's like the devil standing on your doorstep. And actually, Scripture teaches Jesus sent His disciples out as lambs amongst the wolves. Does a lamb have a way of protecting itself? Does a lamb stand any chance against a lion? There's no way. And sometimes we just need to be that lamb that surrenders to our circumstances because God is the one that will help us and strengthen us in that situation, right? And so on. Anyway, so here we have the priest and the Levite that ignore the need of somebody with a problem. And, you know, Jesus is the master at telling stories and understanding the human heart, the human psyche, because then he says a Samaritan came down the road. Now, Samaritans were half jewish and half other races so they were like what we would term a colored so they weren't a pure breed nation in the sense of being a jew and the jews despised them because they had brought in other things from other religions and so they had uh, their religion wasn't pure so the jews despised them And so Jesus took a picture of somebody that that Jew would have despised and he used him to illustrate what it means to love your neighbor. Amen. Um, I found that during the apartheid years that I had met many a black people that was very kind and very helpful as in my mission journeys. And if they could help me, they would help me. If they could feed me, they would feed us. Even if they didn't have much. But they were always so hospitable. You know what I mean? They always saw me as somebody that they wanted to help. You know? And I was always so blessed by that. But this prejudice against the Samaritans was so bad that the Jews... Samaria was between two different parts of Israel and then you had the Jordan River running along the border the Jews would come get to the border they would cross the river back into Israel go past and then come back down into Israel on the other side of the river they would avoid Samaria the more devout Jews they would avoid them that's how far their prejudice took them How far does your prejudice take you? That's always the question we need to ask. How far does that prejudice take us? Away from loving people. Because God wants us to love people. Amen? You with me? (laughs) This is my life story I'm talking about. (laughs) So don't feel bad. And uh, so the question Jesus answered with this Samaritan. And then he asked him, he said, Well, who showed mercy uh, on this traveler that had been beaten up and robbed? And he said, The Samaritan, he said, Go and do likewise. Now, one of the interesting things that and, it, and it's not really in context uh, but the rich man and Lazarus and it talks about this rich man in uh, Luke 16 from verse 19 and it says there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fed sumptuously every day well i might not dress in purple and fine linen but i do live a fairly sumptuous life i think i mean i try not to compare myself with people who have more than i do and i try and focus on what i do have and when i look at what i do have i reckon i'm doing better than most people in this life And I reckon when I look around here, I can say that for most of us. Are you with me? We're doing far better than a lot of people out there. Anyway, but the interesting thing for me was that there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate. So, the people who picked up Lazarus every day, took him home. Obviously weren't rich because Lazarus was full of sores and he had had need. And all that Lazarus wanted was the crumbs that fell from this rich man's table. That's all that he wanted. And that's all that a lot of people just want is a little bit of help because it's an encouragement in the face of a difficult life for many just a little bit of help and, they've, and they move away feeling recognized they move away feeling that I've been seen as a person it's not that you have to do everything for that person are you with me? But we're so fearful of getting involved because we think that we'll never, ever get rid of this person. They'll just be here and become obnoxious to us and difficult to us and all of that sort of a thing. And yet, often when we meet these people, our lives, where Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 13, our lives are like a clanging cymbal, the way that we talk to them. I've had to repent of that. I've sounded like a gong. Just empty. And it's just... And I go back and I feel terrible. And I should feel terrible. Because I have sinned against that person by treating them like a dog. Are you with me? I have not seen them as a person. And this rich man... He had this guy laid at his gate. It was a deliberate action by people to put him in a place. And sometimes God will put a person at your gate or in your path deliberately so that you can help them. In whatever means that is. Whether it's a tin of food or some bread. Now sometimes... When I go shopping, when I buy shopping, I buy an extra pint of milk and an extra bread and when the car guard comes, I give them the bread and the milk. Sometimes a little bag of milk. Because I realize that if, eesh, trying to live off handouts, like two rand, like a hundred rand a day is not much. Some days it's less some people just ignore you they just get in the car and drive off others just say I'm not giving you anything you know and the look on their faces and everything is just mean it's mean because they're embarrassed (laughs) when I don't have money I say to them listen I've given out all my money normally I've got change and the change is for the people the car guards and people who ask me and then when I say I don't have change I say listen I don't have change but maybe next time because I'm using a car today I don't have any money I've given it no cash and they all go thank you for saying that and they're happy because you've seen them as a person are you with me anyway so Sometimes God puts people in our paths that uh, are difficult. So, I think that when we have a, a, a negative reaction to negative people, it's God also showing us what's in your heart. Are you with me? Showing us that we are not as loving as we thought. That our neighbor is more than the person that we go to church with. Or somebody who we deem as a fellow Christian. But our neighbor is somebody that will inconvenience us because it will take effort. Now, the thing in the story that Jesus talks about when he speaks about this good Samaritan is that he stopped, he dressed his wounds with oil, he lifted him up and he put him on his donkey, he took him to an inn, he gave the innkeeper some money, and said When I return if it has cost you more to look after this guy, I will pay you So this was an honorable guy Are you with me? He was honorable Because Because it had to be an expression of his heart That he would care for this person And and man, I've been so ashamed of myself that the expression of my heart has not been right often in these circumstances. There have been times when I've got it right and I felt God get glory and I feel, you know, it makes you feel good, actually. That you've helped someone. You know? And, um... You know, I was like, um reading about things just kept coming to me so I kept writing them down so my sermon in preparation was like as I was walking through this thing kept reverberating in my mind and scriptures kept coming to me and so on and in Proverbs 1917 it says kindness to the poor is a loan to the Lord and he will pay you back Amen. And then in Luke 21, verse 1 to 4, talks about the widow's might. Remember, Jesus was standing, looking, watching the people giving uh, into the temple treasury. Um, In Mark, it says that he was sitting in front of the temple treasury and watching the people. But the remarkable thing, and let me just get there quickly. Uh, in the story, and this is my dig at the prosperity gospel. I love the word of God because it can give you a good dig sometimes. Uh, good deed. I'm not used to holding a microphone. Normally I just preach without a microphone. Because <laughs> I never record anything. Anyway, let me read here. Uh, Luke 21, 1-4. And he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury, and he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites. So God sees when we give from our lack. Are you with me? That's important to him, because it means that you are willing to sacrifice to do something for God, and that's what the the good Samaritan did. He was willing to sacrifice so that he could bless this guy. And sometimes we really just need to go to the freezer or to the fridge and grab something and give it to the guy at the gate. You know what I mean? Like a pack of boulevards or something. Like I've lived my whole life by faith. I have never left. I've always seen, I've had people come to my gate and say, God told me to give this to you. Now, if that's extra revelation, (laughs) how did they know that they needed to bring me something when I need? You know? So, anyway, God, the hearts of kings are like channels of water, God's hand, He turns them with He will. Anyway, He gets His will done in our lives. The thing about this is that God wants us to give sacrificially and that's what we learn from the story of the Good Samaritan and and he commends her and he says truly I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all for all of these have put out of their abundance have put in offerings for God but she out of her poverty have put out put all the livelihood that she had. So she really sacrificed to give to God because her heart was pure before God. Are you with me? Then, as some spoke of the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones. Now this is the kicker in my mind. With beautiful stones and donations, he said, these things which you see, You know, I lived in a little town called Uis. It was a tin mining community and at one stage it was a prosperous little town. It was filled with people, it was filled with people who worked on the tin mine. But one day in South America they found tin that they just dredged out of the rivers. So there was no blasting, there was no sifting, there was no crushing. So it was a simple job to get this tin and purify it, and so the tin price fell through the roof, and all these people lost their job. And you had all of these beautiful houses, and this whole setup for this tin um, refining uh, machinery and everything was just standing there, like an old dinosaur bone. Bones, you know, and. And I realized that everything is so fleeting that the things that we put our faith in and Jesus says here that this temple, not one stone will be left upon it. And it's just the contrast between what he was talking about, the widow's might and the temple and all of these glorious things that we set our mind on, these material things, can pass but the thing that is left is what's in our hearts, like that widow. She had nothing. I remember doing evangelism in Mozambique and I came across this little house like this, just off side of the village, an old lady and, and a child were staying there. And I walked up to this old lady and she looked so depressed. And I told her, me and Ishmael, I told her about Jesus. That He loves her, that He sees her. And I said, I want just one of those God moments where this woman was looked totally depressed and cast down. Shared the gospel. And I couldn't believe it, the, the joy. That filled this woman's face after she opened her heart to Christ was unbelievable. We left all the food, we came two months later, I was back there. She was still there. She was still full of joy. You understand what I'm saying? But just seeing the need of someone, we helped her, we left all the food that we had over with her so that she could like continue came back she was just doing great left her food again we came back again she had moved to family but the thing I want to encourage us is that this earth is passing away and what we are left with in this life is love love your neighbor because loving your neighbor regardless of who they are is a reflection of your love for God And the last picture that we see in this, Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. And we are the man that was beat up. As one commentator would put it, we are the person that has been robbed and beaten and left lying in the road. And Jesus is that good Samaritan that came to save us, to give us life and to give us hope. Are you with me? So when we talk of the Good Samaritan we're talking about being like Jesus Amen Let's pray Father we love you Help us to be more like you in every way especially in those areas that is hard for us Help us to be a blessing to our community Help us to see the needs of those in need